Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemmanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at myemmanuelchurch. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message. We are closing out our series today. Uh, called Shutdown Remixed. And if you've missed out, don't worry. The rest of it is on our podcast and our YouTube channel, so you can go back and catch up. Uh, That's one of the reasons why I love things online, because uh, sometimes, you know, you don't make it to church, and it's okay. We're not not mad at you for that. We're always glad for you being here today. Um, And... Closing out this series last week, we had Jonathan share with us about the power uh, of the miraculous and how do we interact with that power. And today, the title of my message, title number one, as you know, I have been giving my messages two titles during this series. And title number one is Try Not to Be a Hypocrite. Try Not to Be a Hypocrite. That's what I'm talking about today. And it, it, I mean, I'm going to ask this question. You do not have to raise your hand. You do not have to answer. Have you ever been in your life a hypocrite? Have you ever done that? And I'm going to answer the question. And the answer is yes, I have probably, most likely, a lot. More than I would like to admit, I have lived a life as a hypocrite. And a hypocrite is someone who lives and speaks about how they should live and how they should be in one way, but in t- their life demonstrates an entirely different way of living. They can, Jesus called these kind of people, people that profess with their lips and their mouth that I am Lord, but their lives show that their God is someone else. And to be, uh, uh, being a hypocrite our, our hypocrites are one of the reasons you see online, that I see online, that people say that they don't go to church. Well, I don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites. And they're not wrong. They're not wrong. It's true. The church is full of hypocrites, and I am one of those hypocrites, and I'm your pastor. It's okay. Because a lot of times what we don't realize is that we are hypocrites Sometimes we're intentionally hypocrites. Other times we're unintentionally hypocrites. Not realizing that that is what we're doing. The, the problem is, is not, the problem is not being a hypocrite, hypocrite. The problem is when we live our lives intentionally that way. To serve ourselves over serving others. To love what we want to love, who we want to love, and excluding others when we intentionally live this way there is a problem we are not always hypocrites on purpose and sometimes we get stuck in that way of living without even realizing that it's happening we are stuck in this lifestyle that we live one way at church or we are one way at church and we're different at home We're different at work. 
We're different at school. We talk differently. We say things we wouldn't say at church. We, we make jokes that we wouldn't make uh, in front of me. You know, I, I, I see it all the time. I've had, come, I've had times in my life growing up as a, or, or being here as a pastor, youth pastor, and, and a pastor now, that I'll walk up to people and there's like a hush. Like they're having a conversation. And then I walk up, and they're like, oh, the pastor's here. We should probably stop talking about that. And it's those kind of conversations. It's those things that we talk about. We wouldn't talk about with other people or other Christian friends. Or We live this lifestyle sometimes of two faces, and we don't really know how to get out of it. We don't know how to try to be better. But today, that's what I'm going to try to do. We're going to talk about what it means to not, to try and not be a hypocrite today. Because we've all been there. And if you haven't, you probably, if you say that you're not a hypocrite, most likely you don't realize that you have been. Because it happens in small ways. Attitudes, words, actions. One of the stories in my life that pops out the most is that uh, there was a time when I was going with a friend to eat at Golden Corral, uh, it's not the same as it used to be. Uh, this is not a commercial for Golden Corral. In fact, don't go there. I don't like the food anymore. But I was going to Golden Corral with a friend, and there was a man um, who, who, who was homeless. He, he was suffering from homelessness. And I, I saw him there, and he was asking for money at the door. And he says, please, you know, I just need a couple more dollars so that... I can go in and eat from the buffet. And I gave him the, the, the $2 that he said he needed. I, I happen to have $2. I rarely ever carry cash on me, but I gave him the $2, and I did that. And I walked in, and I was talking to my friend, and I said, you know, it's such a shame because he's probably not even going to use that for food. And to me, like, I didn't realize it in the moment. I had a moment of conviction later when I saw that man come in, get in line, and start eating because he was hungry. And I had a moment of conviction that the Holy Spirit told me, you might have acted like you were supposed to, but you thought differently. You were being a hypocrite in that moment. You were thinking differently. You were saying differently. Just because you did good on the outside doesn't mean your heart Your heart was in the right place. Being a hypocrite or living this double life, this life of a double standard, doesn't always reflect the inner world. We might be good on the outside while on the inside we're corrupted. And sometimes we might talk well uh, and know all the ways to live and act and when to lift our hands and you know what the words to all the, the lyrics more than the worship team knows and you know we know all the things of how to be a christian but on the outside and on the inside it, it, it's it's a different story it's a different story so how how do we do this? I want to read from James chapter 1, 22 to 27 today. And it says like this, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself 
goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently, intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious, yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves. And their religion is worthless. James isn't pulling punches here. Those people, their religion is worthless. Religion that our God, our Father, accepts as pure and faultless, faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep one's self from being polluted by the world. So James here is giving us some advice, some concrete advice that we're going to talk about a little bit, uh, how to be a better Christian, how to live your life different from a double standard. He says you have to listen and you have to do. You have to listen and you have to to do. But before we get into why that is important, we have to realize one other important thing. We have to be honest with ourselves and with God about the truth of our faith. Because a lot of times, many Christians, many believers are convinced that they are truly following Jesus. We are convinced that we are doing what is necessary, that we are doing what God has called us to do. But what we need to do is we need to check our hearts. We need to check what is going on with our lives. You know, Because we can check all the boxes. I go to church on Sunday, check. You know, I say a prayer once or twice during the week, check. I read my daily Bible verse, only my daily Bible verse. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's okay. That's okay. You read the daily Bible verse, check. We're doing this, we're doing that. You know, we, we can check these boxes. We look at these boxes, but, but there's more to it than that. We do need to do a heart check. Does our heart line up with our actions? Is what we're saying the same as what we're doing? Do, and, and not only that, is our witness, what, our, our witness, so to be a witness is to, for what someone sees, what, what we see, how, how people see us, is our witness being confirmed by other people? It, so, so let's unpack that a little bit. What we're saying and what we're doing. Uh, James goes into great detail in his book about the importance of the tongue, the points of how we talk. Because um, a lot of times we don't realize how powerful our words are. And the idea that James portrays in his book is not a new, a new one. He, he gets a lot of it from the, bo the book of Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs tells us how the tongue is a dangerous weapon. It has life and death in it. It can cause fire and destruction, and it can bring healing. So our words are important. And they're just as important as our actions. But the thing about it is, is a lot of times our actions won't line up with our words. We can say we care about uh, those that are suffering from homelessness, but we can, uh, we can look at them with contempt when we see them on the side of the road. 
We, we can say that I love all people because a lot of Christians will say that. Many people will say that, and they will say that I love everyone. I, God has asked me to love everyone, yet there is hatred in their heart for groups of people because of the way they dress or live or choose to have their, have their lives. The faith that they believe. We can say one thing and live out an entirely different reality. And that is, uh, that's our heart. Because the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs, from the wellspring of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the truth is not just your actions. The truth is how you speak. So we have to be able to match our actions and our words. There has to be a connect between what we say and what we do. If we actually, if we say that we love somebody, then we need to actually show it. If we say that we care for the poor, then we need to do what we can to care for the poor. I'm not saying that you are responsible for going and feeding every homeless person on the streets. No. But we need to match our actions and our words. We need to match our actions and our words. We need to check our heart. What are our motivations? Why are you doing what you're doing? That, that, that's one thing I think we don't think about a lot. Our motivations. What are our motivations for doing things? Because there are a lot of reasons we might do good things in life. Or help other people out. We might help other people out because we genuinely feel and love people, and that's good. That, that's what we're, that, that is what we should be aiming for. But a lot of times, our, our actions and our heart don't match up because our motivations, our actions are good, but our motivations are, well, I'm doing it because I, I'm, I have to. I, I'm guilty. I feel guilty if I don't. Like, I'm, I, I feel bad. And we're not supposed to feel bad if we don't do something good, if we don't help somebody, we shouldn't feel that way. Our motivation should not be guilt. God is not trying to guilt us into doing good. He wants it to come from a genuine place. And our hearts cannot be genuine if we're coming from a place of guilt or we're coming from a place of shame. Guilt is self-inflicted. We tell ourselves that we're guilty. Shame is inflicted by other people. If we are pressured, that's the peer pressure. If we are pressured into doing something just because we're supposed to, then, uh, you know, it, it comes out of obligation and not, of, and not out of a place of genuine love and care for somebody else. If we're doing good or living out our lives and living out our faith because someone else said so, then we're just living on borrowed faith. We're living on borrowed love. We're not really loving people. We're just doing what we've been told to do. So we've got to check our motivations. We've got to check our words. Are our words matching our actions? We have to check our motivations. Is my heart matched up with what I'm doing? Because you can do all the right things, say all the right things, and still be in the wrong. Jesus told a story one time. Uh, he said, in the end times, there's going to be people standing before the Lord, and he, 
he is going to welcome some into heaven. And he's going to tell them, you welcomed me and you fed me when I was hungry. You gave me to drink when I was thirsty. You visited me in prison when I, when I was in chains. And you gave me clothes when I didn't have any clothes. And they wouldn't, they, they said, Jesus said, they're not going to understand. They're not even going to know that that's what they did. And he says, you did it when you did to the least of these. But then to a second group of people, he tells them, he, he, he talks to them and he said, Lord, you didn't do any of that. You didn't feed me. You didn't clothe me. You didn't visit me. He says, but when did we even see you? We didn't see you. But then they try and justify themselves. He says, no, you're not getting into heaven. You're not getting to inherit the kingdom with me because you didn't do these things. You didn't genuinely match up your words and your actions. And they said, but, 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 but didn't we call out sickness and see people healed? Didn't we call out demons in your name? Didn't we do all the things that were spiritual? Yeah, but you didn't genuinely show love for your fellow neighbor. You did not live out the way you were supposed to do. And it's like the Apostle Paul said, he says, I can speak with tongues of men and of angels, but if I don't have love, I'm missing out. My heart is not in the right place. We have to be honest with ourselves. And the first step to being honest is admitting that sometimes we're hypocrites. We don't like to admit things like that. That's out of pride. Because ah, I'm a Christian. I can't be wrong if I'm a Christian. Let me tell you something. You can. And you have been. Before. You are living in a world where you are not perfect. And there is no way that you can get everything right. You're going to be wrong sometimes about theological issues. You're going to be wrong sometimes about civil issues. You're going to be wrong about how you live your life. You're going to be wrong in how you treat people. And that's part of being human. But we have to admit that that is the truth. We have to admit to ourselves, I might be a Christian, but I mess up. I'm a hypocrite. I need Jesus. In Mark chapter 9, verse 24, I love this verse because a man brings his son to Jesus. And or he, first he brings the, his son to the apostles. And he says, my son is afflicted by a demon. Uh, he gives him seizures. He throws him into fire. He's trying to kill my son, this demon. And he brings him to the apostles and the disciples. And the disciples can't do anything for him. They pray and nothing happens. And he goes out to Jesus and Jesus arrives. He says, what's going on? What's happening? And he says, my son, this, this is the explanation. I brought him here. No one can do anything for him. Can you do something? And Jesus said, I can if you would only just believe. And the man says, I believe. In verse 9, uh, Mark 9, 24, he says, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. The honesty that he had there in that moment, he says, I believe, but I kind of also don't. I kind of also have a problem here because I want to believe. My mind says I should. My mouth says I should. But my heart is having some trouble. And guess what happened? Jesus walked away and didn't heal his son. No. That's not what happened. 
Jesus healed his son. Jesus cast the demon out. He said, you know what? That's the kind of honesty I need from my people, from, my, from the people in the church. I need them to say, yes, I love people, but I also have a problem loving people. Yes, I don't always, I, I speak positive things, but I also speak negative things, Jesus. Yes, I do these. Yes, I am a Christian and I am following Jesus, but I am also a hypocrite. Jesus does not condemn us for that, but instead tells us it's okay because we need to rely on him. So going back into what James says, he says, how do we have an unhypocritical faith? He says, first of all, you need to listen. And then you need to do. Those are both Important and connected. Because listening to the word of God is is how we grow our faith. Listening to the word of God is what helps us to be in the spaces that we need to. Because the Bible is filled with people who got it wrong. It's filled with people who God called full of faith. Who God called uh, David a man after his own heart. Who, who people who spoke with God, and yet they lived their lives at times as hypocrites. Moses one time was told by God, hey, I need you to go and do this. I need you to speak to this rock, and water's going to come out. And Moses goes to the people, and he's trying to do what he's supposed to do, and he is, gets angry at the people, and he doesn't do what God does, says. Instead, he does something completely different. God still made water come out of the rock. But because of that, Moses wasn't allowed to go into the promised land. He lived as a hypocrite. King David was called a man after God's own heart, and he... Uh, he forced a woman into his bedroom. He did things that he wasn't supposed to do. He ignored God's commands on a constant basis. Yet God said, this is a man after my own heart. He was a hypocrite, but he was still loved by God. The word of God is where we get encouragement to know that there are people like me that struggled with their faith. And yet God still stood with them. God still helped them. So we need to listen to the word and we need to do doing the word of god doing acting it out living it out is being able to take what we hear and putting it into practice so many of us do not take what we hear on sunday and take it to monday and to tuesday to wednesday and then the rest of the week so many of us like to heal a feel-good word. We like to go to church and we like to get encouraged. Oh, man, that, that message filled. Ah, that, that message was fire. It filled me up. I'm excited. God is good. And then Monday, what was this sermon even about? I don't even know. All right. Well, what happened? What did the pastor preach about? I don't know. Maybe I have to go watch it back on YouTube. Do that. But we don't do that. We, we, we like the word. We, we like to hear a feel-good word. We like to hear a challenging word, an encouraging word. But that's it. We like to get emotional about it, but not take it into Monday. Not take it with us to our homes. Not take it to, with us to our jobs, to our schools, to our places of work, where we shop, where we go. We do not like to take it with us because that's the harder part. We can listen, but we don't like to do. That's what James says. Listen and remember 
Listen and remember, because listening and remembering is what pushes us and encourages us to actually live it out. He says, you want a faith that's unsullied. It's the one that takes care of those who are in need. It's keeping yourself from allow, keeping yourself from being like the world. Why, why is it easy for Christians to be hypocrites? Because the rest of the world lives that way. The rest of the world lives that way. The world we live in, people are constantly having more than one face. They put on a mask on for work. They put a mask on for home. They put a mask on for friends, for family, for different things. And we live this way in our lives. But James tells us here, he says, that is how we stay, stay true. That's how we stay true. We live, we listen, and we do. We listen and we do, but we cannot do it alone. That's my last point here. We cannot do it alone. We must live our lives. If we want, if we want to live it out, that's the second title of my message, live it out. If we want to live it out, we must rely on the Holy Spirit. We must rely on the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we don't even think about the Holy Spirit. We don't even think about the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We don't realize that we need God's Holy Spirit daily to walk and live out our lives. It is so important that we do this. So important. The Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, is who Jesus left on earth for us when he ascended into heaven. And in fact, if we look at the life of Jesus, he tells us several times that I do not do anything unless I am led by the Spirit of God. When Jesus lived on this earth for 30 years before he began his ministry. That gives me a little hope because I just turned 31. So things are just beginning. Jesus lived on this earth for 30 years before he began his ministry. And what led him to begin is at some point during his 30th year, it says, then the Holy Spirit led him into the desert. So he's like, it's not time. It's not time yet. I don't know what's happening. He, I don't know what was going through his mind. What was he doing? He was just living his life as a carpenter, son of a carpenter. Made tables, chairs. I don't know what he made. But he was just doing his thing. But then the Bible tells us that they said the Holy Spirit then led him into the desert. And he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And he was tempted by the Satan. And he won through that temptation. And then from there, he went to get baptized. And he got baptized. And we think, oh, well, you know, it doesn't make sense that Jesus gets baptized. I heard someone t- I heard someone on Twitter the other day. It's like, you know, we baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What did they baptize Jesus in? The name of the Father, you, and the Holy Ghost. But he tells us, but when he came up out of the water, it says the Holy Spirit descended on him, and God looked at him, and he says, I am pleased. The Holy Spirit led him there. 
when Jesus would go out to pray on his own because he needed to be in connection with the Spirit. He said, I do nothing of my own accord unless I hear it from my Father through the Spirit. I don't move unless the Holy Spirit moves me. I don't walk unless the Holy Spirit tells me where to go. I don't speak or talk to someone unless I know that the Holy Spirit is leading me. And this is important because the Holy Spirit reminds us we cannot live our lives on our own because John, uh, John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus tells us, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So we cannot expect to actually listen and do unless we're walking in the Holy Spirit. Because he's the one that is going to remind us. The Holy Spirit is the one that is going to remind us of what Jesus said. The Holy Spirit is going to be the one who reminds us and teaches us throughout our life. We need the Holy Spirit to remind us. We need the Holy Spirit to empower us. Because if we know anything about our human lives, we are weak. You know, many of us, well, it's me. I don't know about the rest of you, but me this week, I broke my diet a lot because it was my birthday week. (laughs) my birthday week, Thanksgiving, things like that. And how easy it is then just to continue down that flow. Temptation is easy to fall into. Temptation is easy to just start, get the ball rolling and just live that way. But we need the Holy Spirit to help us be a witness so that when people see us, they see Jesus. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says, Jesus said to his disciples and everybody that was listening, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He says, you need power because I know that you can't do it with your own strength. I know that you're weak of spirit. I know that your flesh, it's difficult to fight against. So I will give you power to fight against that. I will give you power to be witnesses so that when people see you, they don't just see your actions. They might see your mistakes and they see you owning up to them. They might see your imperfections, but see, despite that, you keep going. They might see how difficult life gets, but that you still stand up and keep walking because there is power from the Holy Spirit in us. And lastly, and most importantly, the Holy Spirit changes and works in our lives. Changes us and works in our lives. This is so important and key because many of us, the, like, I think we us underestimate as Christians what people think of us. Yeah, we always talk about, oh, you shouldn't worry about what people think about us. But... There is some value to it. When the the Apostle Paul wrote about leaders in the church, he says, you know what? They need to be well regarded in the church and outside. People need to see them and say, you know what? I know that guy. He's good. He's a good guy. I don't agree with him. Maybe I I don't believe the same things that he does, but he's genuine. He's real. They're real. They're they're a good person. And so much much of the hypocriticalness 
of being a hypocrite as a believer comes from the fact that we think that people that are outside the church have no say in how we live our lives. Because they can look at us, and if they look at us and they don't see Jesus, there's a problem. We don't have to convince everybody that they need to follow Jesus. And in fact, we cannot do that if our lives are not showing the fruits of the Spirit. If people look at us and do not see Jesus in us, we are missing the point of our lives. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 to 26 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envy each other. This fruit, this, this is what, it's, what we're supposed to look like. This is what, what people are supposed to see. Not just Christians, but the world is supposed to see us like this. They're supposed to look at us and see love, joy, peace, patience, self-control, gentleness, goodness, kindness, faithfulness. If someone looks at us from the outside and says, man, that guy has no patience, no self-control. He is not kind. He is mean. He is always changing his mind. He's never faithful to anything. He doesn't complete anything. They always seem worried and upset and angry. There's no joy. There's no love in that person. If we are not displaying these things, if we don't see these things in our lives, then we're missing something. The Holy Spirit is calling us to be this way. And like Paul says right here, we live by the Spirit. He's the one that gives us the strength to live. He's the one that gives us the strength to keep going. So let's now keep in step with Him. If He is calling us to love, then let's love. Joy, peace, faith. Like, that, that's in everything. In how we live our lives at home. In how we live our lives at work. When we're shopping. When we're, when we're online. Are we starting fights? Or are we being patient? Are we being kind? God is challenging us today. This whole series has been about seeking God's presence again, about getting things right. And so God is challenging us today. Will you check your heart? Is this what you see? Is the fruit there? Because if not, then it is a call for us to step deeper into the way of the Spirit, to step deeper into His presence, and to reach out to God and say, I need that, because I need you. And without you, I will not be who you have called me to be. So our ch my challenge today is as we close out this year, get ready for the holiday season, and, and, and get ready for 2021, Let's re-examine ourselves. Are we being hypocrites? Are we living out our faith truly and walking in the Spirit? Would you stand with me 
this afternoon. And I want to pray for it. I want to pray that we might find this. We might understand this and take it, like I said, let's just not hear it today and then forget it tomorrow. Let's hear the word today and take it to Monday, take it to Tuesday, to Wednesday, to Thursday, to Friday, to Saturday, to next Sunday. Let's be able to walk it out, live it out. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. We thank you. We thank you for your word and your presence in this place. But we ask you, God, if we have been hypocrites, forgive us. Forgive us. Help us then to bear the fruit of the Spirit so that when people see us, they will see you. So that when people see us, they don't see our selfish desires, our wants, the things of the flesh, but they see you in us. They see the love of Jesus. They see the kindness and power of the Holy Spirit in us. That we would not forget when we walk out of this place, but that we would take our faith, take your word, take your spirit with us, day after day as we go through life and help us to admit that we need your help that without you we would not would not ever be able to live this life so let us put our hope in you today and as we close out this service and let the worship team lead us in worship let us just take a moment to be in God's presence today and let him transform us today. We hope you've enjoyed this message. We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you. To connect with us, you can email us at amen at myemmanuelchurch.com. And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.